It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Breathing in his presence now is a ministry of Jesus Christ. Attentive to the needs of women, it strives to educate and edify the body of Christ through the reading of God's Word, focusing on His truths as led by the Holy Spirit. Topics discussed center on the total well-being of women. It assists women in their transformation from brokenness to godly boldness, allowing them to transform at their own pace into the destiny, calling, and purpose as authored by our Creator the Most High God. Hi, this is Joyce Lister, your host on Breathing in His Presence Now. And I am coming to you tonight to basically be in obedience to the Lord. He has told me to open my mouth and that he would fill it. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come in and tell me what to say. He has been saying many things to me, and he talks to me um, at different times during the day, and I'm, I'm amazed at some of the things that he shares. And I just want to be totally transparent to you and and just share the things that I believe that the Lord wants to be spoken in, in this time and, and to be totally transparent so that you can understand that you can have the same type of relationship and he tweaks it just for you because he wants us to be in fellowship with him and not to just go through some mold that religion has told you that that's the way the Lord interacts with his people. So let me invite the Holy Spirit in right now because this isn't about Joyce. Father God, I thank you that you're in control of every aspect of my life, Lord. I thank you that you have chosen me to speak on your behalf to your people, Lord. Pray that the words spoken out of my mouth tonight would be those only that you would have me say to your people, you have burdened my heart, Father God. You have caused me to lose sleep simply because you love your people so much. Thank you, Father God, for the giftings that you have given me, and I pray that I would use them as you intended them to be. I pray these things in Jesus' name, Lord knowing that you are faithful. When the Lord calls you to do things, sometimes they are beyond what you think that you can do. I like to think of it as it's things that are bigger than me. The Lord has called me to speak on his behalf, and I want to make sure that everyone knows that I don't take this responsibility lightly. 
He is an awesome and mighty God, and he is one to be feared. Feared from the standpoint of giving reverence to in awe. He's had me looking in Psalms 119 for the last couple of days. And Psalms 119 is really talking about the Lord's word, his precepts, his judgments. And he is such an awesome God that he is talking about the richness and the excellencies of his word. And I'd just like to read certain sections and just be led by the Holy Spirit in chatting more about this. And I am reading just certain sections of Psalms 119. And the first section that I'm going to read is verses 1 through 8. Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed. When I look into all your commandments, I will praise you with uprightness of heart. When I learn your righteous judgments to keep your statutes, oh, do not forsake me utterly. When I read this section of verses, it convicted my heart because I had chosen to do something that was not in alignment with the Lord's will. And before I could come before you, I had to rectify that situation. And the thing that really brought it to my attention the most was that it said, You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. It also talks about that we do no iniquity. We know that the only person who was truly sinless was Jesus Christ. The psalmist here is talking about perfection, but we know that we're being transformed by the renewing of our minds into the image of Christ. It does not mean that we are perfect right now, it means that we are forever striving for that image of Christ. Because the Lord knows that we are, you know, sinful, but he wants us to turn from our wickedness and turn from from our ways. He wants us to continually examine our hearts. And that was the thing that really honed in on me. In the word, it says that sin crouches at the door. And literally, there is a spirit that crouches at the door, and it attempts to influence us. We want to continually, women of God, search our hearts and make sure that we are walking in alignment with the Lord's will. And it says, then I would not be ashamed, this is verse 6, when I look into all your commandments. And I have to say that... The sin that was before me, it was small in my sight. But we know that the Lord does not make a distinction between the type of sin. And I really think the reason he does that is because he doesn't want us to be judgmental amongst ourselves. He wants us to examine our own hearts and to 
keep us from doing those things that in our minds would be greater sins. So if we examine our hearts regarding the little things, then those bigger things, it would be easier to identify them quickly so that we can can turn. The enemy wants us to compromise. And so he may start off with something that is very small in the standards of man. But if we don't catch those things and extinguish them, it is so easy not to recognize other compromises along the way. And so that's why the Lord wants us to continually examine our hearts. And from the psalmist here, he has a great desire to walk in alignment with the Lord's will and diligently keep the Lord's precepts. When I was looking at this, the Lord did not have me go through the entire Psalms, but he kept me in a certain section. The section I just read was one section. And then he also kept me in the section of verses 27 all the way to 168. He had me looking at different sections, and I may not read all of those sections and You know, the Holy Spirit may have me read a different section than what I've just mentioned to you. But the portion that he really started me to look at was in verse 105 where it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Accept I pray, the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your judgments. My life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not strayed from your precepts. Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever and to the very end. When I started reading Psalms 119, there were a couple of things that were brought to my attention. And when we read scriptures, at least when I do, there are there are things that come to the forefront of my mind and it makes me question whether or not I know what's really being talked about. And so when I was looking at these verses, the items that kept coming to my mind were, do I really understand what testimonies are? Do I understand what precepts are and what judgments are? And so I had to look them up. And I know many of you probably, you read your Bible and you are you know, trying to get into the Word, trying to understand it, but Sometimes we need to pause a little bit to make sure that we understand what exactly is the Lord trying to communicate to us. Do we have the right understanding that he wants us to have? And so for me, I had to look up what are testimonies. I mean, we know that we we testify certain certain things, but do we understand what that means? And so for me, personally, I had to look up the words testimonies and 
what I found was testimonies or evidence to support a fact or a statement. And so within reading this, it's talking about his testimonies. We're going to be in alignment with his testimonies. That's the Lord's testimonies. And so in the Bible, it talks about that the earth testifies to his existence, and it gives evidence to support that the Lord exists. Well, we have to get our testimonies in alignment with that of the Lord's. And by that, what I mean is, you know, it talks about in other places with um, with Hebrews 11, it talks about the just shall live by faith. And when we're tested to be walking in faith with the Lord, sometimes it's a little bit difficult. For example, this call. This call is, for me, a little bit more challenging in the fact that I'm trying to listen to the voice of the Lord and I want to communicate exactly what he has to say to his people. It's always a step of faith to start a call and to be open to what the Holy Spirit is saying because we're not dependent upon ourselves. We're dependent upon what the Lord is saying. And so this call tonight is a step of faith because it requires obedience and walking in alignment with the Lord's word. We want to make sure that what we are testifying is in alignment with what the Lord is saying. So we want our testimony to support what he is saying. And if he's saying that the just shall live by faith, I want to be counted amongst those who are faithful. The other definition that I had to look up was precepts. What exactly are precepts? Well, precepts are commandments pertaining to moral conduct. And I thought, wow, you know, isn't this ironic? And I say that in quotes, ironic that it has to do with moral conduct in that I had a challenge that was before me and I did not live up to the standard that the Lord had and he had to prick my heart so that I could get back in alignment with his will. And that happens day in and day out as we walk with the Lord. There is, you know, a perception that once you're a Christian, that there is a level of perfection that you have. And we do have to be cognizant of our walk with the Lord and make sure that that we are portraying an image of Christ before those who do not know him, reflect that image to others that are within the body of Christ because we are all growing and moving closer and closer to his image. So we want to make sure that we are reflecting the moral conduct that he has, his precepts, his principles that he has in his word. Will we fail sometimes? Yes, we will. And I think that sometimes the body of Christ is a little bit unforgiving. And some of you may have testimonies that it's not a little bit, it's a lot. 
that they've been unforgiving, that they have not reflected the love of Christ, I pray that you would understand that that is not the image of Christ that you saw or experienced. So we have to continually look at the precepts, the moral conduct that the Lord has placed before us, look at his principles, and that is what Psalms 119 is talking about. It also talks about God's judgment. Judgments are simply acts or instances of judging, and in this instance, we're talking about the judgments of God. We want to understand how it is that God judges us, how it is that he makes decisions regarding us. We want to understand how he forms an opinion of us. And that's what it's talking about in Psalms 119 when it talks about knowing his judgments. We want to understand the mind of Christ. Now we know that his ways are not our ways, that his thoughts are different than our thoughts. But we are being transformed by the renewing of our minds to having the mind of Christ. And so it is an attainable thing. We have to continually wash ourselves in the word so that we can know what it is that that Christ has for us in this time and in this season. My soul clings to the dust. This is verse 25. Revive me according to your word. I have declared my ways, and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. So shall I meditate on your wonderful works. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Remove from me the way of lying, and grant me your law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me. I cling to your testimonies. O Lord, do not put me to shame. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. So the psalmist is asking for understanding. And in asking for the understanding, there is a commitment that we have to have as well and that is to meditate on God's Word. I had to continually read Psalms 119 and just think about what it is that the Lord was saying, and I still want to spend some time just mulling over what it is He's saying. I am so thankful that in here it says, Strengthen me according to your word. So in asking for this understanding, there's a part that we have to do, and that is the meditation. And once we begin to meditate on his word, it will give us the strength that we need to get through certain situations. We want to hide his word in our hearts so that when the difficult times come to the enemy, we can say, I know my situation looks like this, but you know what? God's word says this is the promise that I have. And so I'm going to continue to stand until I can see the manifestation of that promise that he has for me, for my life, for my children. Hide that word in your heart. Meditate on his word so that there is understanding, so that your soul will not become heavy 
which will lead to depression. We just want to fill the empty places of our hearts, the places where the enemy was like nothing more than take that place of emptiness and to fill it with lies that he has. But if we continually meditate on the Lord's word, there is a filling of that empty space. And it just simply says that I'm going to trust in you, Father God, to help me through this this time, through this season, until I can see the manifestation of your word. Verses 33, Lord, it says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies, and not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things, and revive me in your way. Establish your word in your servants, who is devoted to fearing you. Turn away my reproach, which I dread, for your judgments are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me in your righteousness. So we have to have a teachable spirit. We may not understand everything, but we can continually go before the Lord and ask him for this understanding. His timing is not your timing. So he may not explain it to you right when you're asking it. Even Daniel had to wait when he was wanting an answer. There were principalities that was bombarding his answer. And he had to fast and pray and wait 21 days before he got an answer. You know, Abram and Sarah had promises from the Lord, and one of which was Isaac. And as they waited, they made some mistakes along the way. And based on their culture, they tried to have a son, an heir, through man's way, the way that their culture had said that it was okay to do things. But just like I had stated before, the Lord's way is not man's way. It's not our ways. And he chooses to do things in certain ways that lets us know that he is the one who gets all the glory and that there is no sharing of his glory with anyone. So we have to submit to the process that he has for us. I'm going to deviate just a little bit because I know that the Lord wants me to offer hope to those who are on the line tonight and who will listen to this at a later time. What exactly is hope? Hope is an expectation of the fulfillment of something desired or promised. And we serve a God of hope. In Romans 15 and 13 it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the God of hope. Isn't that a wonderful thing? that a part of his name is being the God of hope. And that God of hope is the one who can give you the joy and peace. But there's a prerequisite for getting that joy and peace, and that is believing. 
you have to believe. And as you believe, you're going to get greater hope. And this hope is not coming from you. It's coming from the Holy Spirit. So I just want to offer you that tonight, that the hope that you have, it's not going to be from someone rescuing you or just dependence upon others. It is going to be a dependence upon the Lord. The days are evil, and we cannot place our hope in man, whether it's a friend who's always been there for you or whatever it is that you may have depended upon in the past, those things are not going to work for you as they may have in the past. The Lord is wanting to make sure that the glory that he is due is given to him. And so we have to place our hope in the Lord. We have to move in obedience with his spirit. And we have to submit to the process that he has that is specific to us. Many times people are putting their hands on things that really they should be backing up and letting the Lord's process take its effect. I had to learn this with my son. There's a submission that I had to go through that caused me to have a greater level of faith in him. And so the Lord is looking for us to be much more faithful than we have in the past. You may have had a level of faith that brought you to a certain point, but the Lord is wanting us to grow in him. So our tests are not the same. They are specific to you and the purpose and calling and destiny that you have on your life. And so it may need to be where you had faith in this one spot. You have to have a greater level of faith in some other spots because the Lord is multifaceted. He has many, many names. And the God of hope is one of many, many names. You may have had hope for him for certain aspects of your life, but you really didn't have hope for him in another area of life. And he may be trying to get you to grow and have hope in that area of your life that you thought was dead or you thought could not be helped. You may have thought that that's a dead area, that I have no reason to believe in this. And the Lord is saying, no, put your trust in me. Those things that are keeping you up at night, that are a burden on your heart, I want you to cast those things on me because I am your healer, I am your deliverer, I am the one that hears you when you call in the midnight hours. I'm the one who helps you. And this leads me to, in Psalms 119, the verses 145, I think, through 152. It says, I cry out with my whole heart. Hear me, O Lord. I will keep your statutes. I cry out to you. Save me, and I will keep your testimonies. I rise before the dawning of the morning and cry for help. I hope in your word. 
My eyes are awake through the night watches, that I may meditate on your word. Hear my voice according to your loving kindness. O Lord, revive me according to your justice. They draw near, who follow after wickedness. They are far from your law. You are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are truth. Concerning your testimonies, I have known of old that you have founded them forever. You see, you have testimonies that you've seen the Lord work in your life previously. And you can testify, you can give evidence to support the truth of God's word that he was there in this particular situation or he was there when such and such a thing happened. Well, the Lord is wanting to stretch your faith. Because it says, the just shall live by faith. It says it in Hebrews, and it also says it in Habakkuk, that we are to live by faith. Just like this call tonight, I mean, I cannot tell you how challenging this was for me, because, like I said, there was no true agenda. But the Lord wanted me to open my mouth, and he said that he would fill it. But that's a level of faith that has to be worked on and nurtured. We have to keep doing it. So for those of you that are needing to hone your gifts, I would encourage you to walk by faith. It may not be as difficult as you imagine it to be, just like this call. I thought that it would be much, much harder than what it is. But, you know, I keep thinking that this is what the Lord wants. And I love him so dearly. And he says, perfect love casts out fear. So I love him, and I want to have that perfect love. Not perfect in that there are no flaws in the love that I give him, but perfect in that it is a matured love. It is a love that says, I choose to trust you, Lord, even though I'm looking at the limitations that I have, and I know that you are a limitless God, and that you provide all of my needs, and because you provide all of my needs, I'm going to stop looking at the limitations that I have or that I feel, and I'm going to look and get in alignment with your word. You said that you would prepare me. You have called me to do certain things, and you would prepare me to do those things. And so I choose to trust in you. So I would encourage those who have different giftings, knowing that the Lord is is calling them to walk out on to do it. I kept waiting for an agenda. I kept waiting for the time to be perfect. Well, guess what? didn't really find the time, schedule it out. I didn't really have the agenda. Well, you know, he said, I'm going to fill your mouth. And as I trust in him, I know He's going to fill my mouth and continually to do it. You know why? Because he is a faithful God. 
and he has done it before, and he continually gives me examples. Open your eyes and look for the Lord in your life. You'll be surprised when you really look and you'll see him handling situations that you thought couldn't be handled. When there are these midnight hours, what are you doing with those midnight hours? For me, the Lord kept me up one night and I was concerned regarding issues on my job. And so I just decided, okay, well, if I'm going to be up all night, well, I have this book that has prayers regarding the workplace. And so I had been praying it for the last couple of of days, and I decided to grab that book. And I started to pray. And I'm continually praying for those on my job and for the executives that are in authority over me and my colleagues and I'm praying for unity, and I'm seeing it happen. I'm seeing the manifestation of the things that I prayed for happen, and it's an amazing process. It really is, and I would encourage you that if there are things that are on your heart that's keeping you up at night, find a book that focuses on prayer, or if you don't have a book, it does not require a book, The Lord wants a heart that is after the things that he's concerned about. So get your spirit in alignment with his spirit. And instead of seeing the chaos and confusion, speak to unity in that workplace or regarding that relationship that you're having, that you're struggling with. You speak those things out. You make sure that the testimonies that you are having are in alignment with his testimonies because you want the evidence to support what God is saying. And you can do it. I know you can. He's no respecter of person. He's looking at the heart, the intents of the heart. He's faithful. There are no limits with him. Cut those things off in the spirit those things that are of concern to you, that are keeping you up at night. And it says, I rise before the dawning of the morning and cry for help. Well, this thing was keeping me up late at night. It was causing me to wake up early. And in some instances, I was not getting any sleep. So, pray to the Lord. Don't let that be wasteful time. If you're going to stay up, Make sure it's not worrisome time. Make sure that if I'm going to stay up, if I'm going to be concerned about this issue, I am going to get testimonies in alignment with the Lord's testimonies. I'm going to focus on his commandments of what he's saying that I can have, what is a benefit to me. I'm going to tell him that I believe in his word, in his precepts, in his moral standings. I'm going to choose to be in alignment with with his word. And you know what? It's going to help me to be revived. It's going to cause me to have hope. It's going to cause me to be able to hear his voice when other things happen in the workplace or in that relationship. 
I'm going to be able to hear the small voice of him speaking to me to say, oh, don't say that because that opens the doors to more chaos and confusion. I want you to handle this situation this way. I want you to be silent and know that I am the Lord and know me by a different name, that I am El Roy. I'm the one who sees your situation. I am the one who sees you when you cry out in the midnight hours, when you think that no one hears you. I hear you. I see you. I know your pain. I know your suffering. Do that for you. He's a God of relationships. He is not some distant God that you have no interaction with. He's with you every step of the way. He's with me right now as I'm crying out to you to do these things because the truth is he is nigh unto your mouth. He is within you. And you can shift some things. You see, you might be going to a pastor to help you with these things or someone that is in charge of intercessory prayer, but do you really know where they are with their spiritual walk? As I get to know things regarding warfare and things regarding intercessory prayer, the more insight I have into knowing that God really is looking at the heart and looking at whether or not you truly believe in what his word says because you'd simply be surprised at those who have been in positions of authority. They may not have the level of faith that you think they have. It may be your prayers that are the ones that can bombard heaven and get the shift that you've been looking for. That's the relationship that the Lord wants all of us to have. The Lord gave me an image of sheep following a shepherd. It actually came out of a Bible, and there was a shepherd, and he was walking, and behind him were these sheep, and they were just following him. You know, you're thinking, perhaps, that you're following your leader, your pastor, your intercessory prayer person that's in charge of some committee or some aspect of ministry. But I would challenge you to refocus your commitment. Your commitment is not to your pastor. Your commitment is not to the intercessory prayer person. Your commitment is to Jesus Christ, to God the Father, Jesus the Son, Spirit, the triune being, because that's where most people, I believe, end up getting hurt when something goes wrong from a ministry standpoint is because they have shifted. They may not have even noticed it. They are wounded because of something that happened out of ministry, and their commitment is shaken. Your commitment is to Jesus Christ. That's where your commitment is. 
What the Father had shown me was that although there is a shepherd from the standpoint of a man of God that's in place for you, that shepherd is among the sheep. Pastor is among the sheep. He has influence with other sheep that the Lord has placed under his authority, his covering. So if you can imagine if there was a group of sheep and these group of sheep, if you could just draw like little circles or whatever and group these sheep, say there's three groups. All of these groups are following one shepherd and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a head of that group, but even that shepherd should be following the Lord Jesus Christ. All eyes should be on the Lord Jesus Christ because no one can get to the Father except through the Son. So I would challenge you to refocus where you're placing your hope, where you're asking for prayer, because It's not that the Lord does not want you to seek others to be in agreement with your prayers, but he wants you to know that you have power and authority within your own mouth to speak things into existence just like he spoke things into existence. No, you are not God, but you are made in his image. And you can do those things that he did and greater things according to his word. I would ask you to think on those things. There was another image that the Lord shared with me, and it has to do with those perhaps that have been in leadership for quite a long time. Pedestals. It is so easy to be placed on a pedestal. And that's why I share with you my shortcoming just this week. I want there to be this level of transparency in that we are all following Christ. We are all following Jesus Christ. We're all following him. And so there is a level of transparency that the Lord wants even amongst his sheep. And yes, you do have to use discernment to make sure that you're confiding in people that are going to help you to grow, not tear you down. But at a minimum, you have to be honest with yourself. So the vision that the Lord had shared with me was of this lady. And she was standing. But all of a sudden, she found herself on a pedestal. And it wasn't all at once. It was a gradual thing. It was like she's standing on the ground and she's being lifted up, and there's a pedestal under her. At first, she didn't even realize that she had been placed on a pedestal. It it wasn't by choice. It was just something that was happening, and she was getting higher and higher. But something happened. She did notice I'm being placed on a pedestal, and she liked it. You know, who doesn't like some attention? And so as the pedestal grew, it became harder and harder for her to be 
transparent with those who were placing her on the pedestal. But one amazing thing happened. The Lord was telling her she could get off the pedestal. She could get off of it. The enemy was telling her that she couldn't because if she were transparent, then there's an impact if you do this, if you're transparent, if you let them know that you are not quite the person that they thought that you were. But here's the amazing thing. The enemy was telling her a lie that she could not get off the pedestal. And the Lord was saying, you know what, if you step off the pedestal, the distance down is not so far. Because when you step off, you're not going to fall off the pedestal. There was like an invisible layer. You might think of it like plexiglass, perhaps, if you're familiar with that, where it was transparent. And if she stepped off the pedestal, yeah, there was just a little bit of a drop. But it wasn't the fall that she had anticipated it to be. And what was so amazing is when she stepped off of the pedestal, onto this invisible layer that she did not see that was holding her up. This invisible layer, slowly but surely, like a little elevator, it just gradually went down, became level with the ground again. Isn't that amazing? I want you, those particularly that are in leadership, to think about that. There is so much freedom in this level of transparency because you get bound by the thoughts of man, the expectations of man, but there is an expectation that God has. And you are just like the sheep that you are being told to lead. You are following after God the Father, the Son, and after the Holy Spirit. So if the Lord has been prompting you, if your spirit has been weighed by the pedestal that you find yourself on, by faith, take a step off of it. Will it cost you? It might. But you know what? Probably not as much as you think. Remember, there is nothing greater than your own relationship with the Father. How can you lead others to the Father and open your mouth and say certain things regarding the Lord when your testimony isn't really true? Because you're not believing in the truth of God's word for yourself. So I would truly, truly encourage you, take a step of faith. Find someone. Or if it's simply just being honest with God first and and allowing the Holy Spirit to direct you to someone else to open up to, if that's what the Holy Spirit wants you to do, to be open and transparent, do that. Do that so that bondage can be dropped off of you so that you can be delivered and set free. 
I want to say another thing regarding the will of God. I shared this with my children, and I want to share with you, I'm a layman in the word of the Lord. I I love him so dearly, and he has chosen me to speak on his behalf, but I don't feel adequate. But he says not to cast our confidence away that there's a reward in being confident. So I choose to trust in him. I know that there are those out there, you women of God, that are wanting to do the will of God, and you may not know exactly what that is. You don't know what your calling, your destiny is. It is so easy to say it's in the word of God, but I want to get just a little bit more specific for you. Because you may have a desire to know specifically what the Lord has for you. Why are you here on this earth? Why are you continually breathing air? And there's got to be more than what is going on in your day-to-day. And I would say, yes, there is a purpose, a specific purpose for you. And if you don't know what that specific purpose is and you really want to find out what it is, I'm going to tell you, some things from the Word of God, just one verse that I shared with my kids because my kids are of college age and they're trying to figure out what to do from a career standpoint and get direction for their future. That's no different from us. We may be out of school, per se, and we're still trying to find what it is in life that we're supposed to be doing while we're here. Well, when I was trying to research how can I offer my children hope, I found this verse, and it really helped me to communicate to them that while you may not know specifically what the Lord has for you, these are the things that if you do those things, you are in the will of God, and you continue to do these things until he gives you greater direction and insight. The verse is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. It says, Rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in everything. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Three things. Rejoice. Pray. Give thanks. If you do those things, you're in alignment with his will. It's his will. So until he gives you specific instructions, otherwise, you know, apart from his precepts and his commandments to be more Christ-like, do these things. They're going to help you to illuminate what God's specific purpose is for you. hope that settles your spirit just a little bit better. Rejoice. You may be thinking, it's a difficult season in my life. What do I have to rejoice on? Well, remember those testimonies. Make sure that you're testifying those things that are in alignment with this word. Decree and declare some things. You're going to rejoice. You're going to choose to rejoice. You're going to purpose in your mind what your response is. Rejoice and do that always that's what the Lord says and pray constantly yes you have some concerns 
in your life. You have some things that are not quite where you want them to be, but you're going to choose to cast those cares onto the Lord. And if the Lord is allowing you to have midnight hours where there are some concerns, that's when you cast those cares onto the Lord. You declare things that are in alignment with his will. You're going to make your prayers in alignment with the testimonies of the Lord because in the end, the testimony that he has is the testimony that you're going to have. You're going to see it manifest within your life. And you're going to give glory where glory is due by giving thanks in everything. Don't give the enemy any chance to see an ungrateful heart. You know what the Lord has done for you in the past. You know his hand of protection has been on you. Surely you know these things. And so you're going to give thanks to the Lord. I hope that this Open My Mouth session has been a blessing to you. It's been a blessing to me. It has allowed me to walk in alignment with the Lord's word, to live by faith, to open my mouth and see that the Lord does fill it. And I pray in the name of Jesus that your walk becomes closer and closer. Thank you for listening. May God bless and keep you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.